Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why Midway USA offers super fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. This segment is brought to you by Jigmasters. Step up your game with high-quality performance jigs, spinner baits, buzz baits, and more from Jigmasters.com. And always, when in doubt, get the jig out. Welcome to The Reel Down on Paddle and Fin with your hosts, Dan Perry and Jimmy Skinner, where we talk about everything in tournament kayak fishing. Here we go. Hey everybody, welcome back to The Reel Down on Paddle and Fin, brought to you by the fine folks at the Dugout Bait and Tackle in Marietta, Georgia, where they can satisfy all your tackle needs, or Hobie. They've got it all, as well as shops. But uh, how you doing, Jimmy? I'm pretty good, man. What about you? Doing good, man. Just yeah, I know you got, we're only an hour away. You're an hour north of me. I'm like Birmingham. You got snow and I didn't. I'm very disappointed about that. We got a, a decent amount for you know, where we are and it only went below freezing for let's say four hours, but it snowed for 15 hours. I think it was insane. It just, it was great. We had all the snow. It was everywhere in the yard. There's kids playing everywhere, but none of the roads were frozen. What? No crazy wrecks. Cause you know, folks down here can't drive when it snows. So yeah. Cause we, you know, down it, here in the South, it's it's not we love the snow and whatever we do get it but we don't have any kind of equipment or they, they don't keep salt for it or anything like like we just don't have it enough to keep that kind of stuff so yeah whenever snow happens yeah. things turn bad in alabama yeah i was we got lucky that it wasn't bad it was i mean yeah i did see a couple of wrecks but it's mostly people looking out the window oh look at that and then driving Crash. off the road yeah but uh, yeah, no, pretty good, man. Week started out good for you, doing all right. Yeah, man, living the dream. About getting ready, going to sell the house. Getting ready, I hear you. starting with the houses. Getting excited. I Get actually going to the lake. You're you're swapping on the house thing, and I just hit my wife with I think I want a a uh, twenty twenty one F three fifty, and I might not have somewhere to live after tomorrow, so. Because wow. I, I hit her with, uh, I'm coming home with a new truck, and the look she gave me wasn't all that pleasant. So, may have to borrow your basement. <laughs> you can have it, man. Have a, have a you, you, can, you can stay here as long as you want to until we leave. <laughs> Sounds good, man. Well, uh, while we got everybody, before we bring in our guests, uh, just letting everybody know that the 
the dugouts reel down deal still going on. So uh, we talked about it last week uh, with the purchase of any regular price St. Croix Legend Extreme Rod. You'll get a free Shimano SLX XT reel depending on uh, what gear ratios they've got quantity of. You can get whatever you want, left or right-handed. Uh, just make sure that if you go to the store, uh, mention the uh, the reel down on Paddle and Finn, uh, Dan and Jimmy, and uh, they'll give you the deal. If you can't make it down there, just uh, give them a call and uh, you know mention us again, and they'll they'll hook you up with if whatever they've got if they've got it in stock. And they've yep. got tons of other great prices and. We showed pictures last week. They've got tons of merchandise, tons of stock on everything. So, you know, spring's coming fast. So get down there and get your new gear for the year. Especially something we didn't say before. They're a Hobie dealer, but also the uh, they have all the Hobie parts, the Yak Attack parts, Hobie parts. Mm -hmm. They send you all that stuff, too. Just give them a call. They'll ship to you for, you know, for cheap. They're good guys. They have all the good stuff and everything you can want. Oh, just, just another little plug. You know, me and you are both – affiliated with yak gadget uh john got his stuff down there he's had some new products come out that i'm sure he'll get on their shelf soon enough so all cool. the good stuff man and not that you know a yak gadget promo here but they came out with a new paddle i thought that was cool it's kind of like oh, yeah. angler Ace, kind of like because angler ace 199 is going to be 150 so 50 dollars less than that just saying there you know at carbon oh. fiber car, carbon fiber shaft with the the plastic end so yeah. And uh, congratulations to you. You're on the Benning Branches team now, right? Yeah, that just popped in my head, man. I've been my yeah. head's been all over work this week. I didn't even think about it. But uh yeah, uh we had them on the final cast last week and uh they reached out and uh made me a regional ambassador for Benning Branches and that's huge, man. That was a team I wanted to be a part of from the get go. Uh, just they're you know, it's actually a small company, contrary to popular belief. Check out that episode of the final cast. Uh it made it even more fun. You know, I'm a big hockey fan. Found out that when they first started, Bending Branches made it. Obviously, they were doing, you know, wooden canoe paddles, but they were one of the biggest hockey stick manufacturers in the Midwest. Uh, so now my, my goal now is to find a Bending Branches wooden hockey stick to hang in the man cave. So That's cool, man. Yeah. Congrats. I, I, I you appreciate know, it. I know Brad is too, but, I mean, there's – that's it's hard to beat Bending Branches. I mean, if, if you need yeah. a paddle, except for yeah, Gadget. You know, and that's new. but besides that, they are the standard. They're the best around. So everybody else trying to keep up with them. But without further to do, without further, further to do, yeah, to do delay. Uh, tonight, we continue our grassroots series talking about tournament directors, talking to tournament directors from around the country. I'm going to get that right. Uh, last week, it was the South. And this week, we have the Midwest. So let's bring them on now. We have Brian Spray. Hi guys, Mike Anderson and Susie Roloff, the queen of paddling. What's up, everybody? Hey, thank y'all for being on. What's up? So I'll I'll start with don't, Mike. Don't, don't Mike is get on canoe to you too. It's too hard, ball Perry. All right. So Mike <laughs> Anderson, he's the director of Michigan Kayak Trail and co-founder director of the Topwater Series. So uh, Mike, we'll start with you. Give us a little. Uh, tell everybody about yourself and a little bit about your trail. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the Michigan Kayak Trail and the Topwater Series, uh, based here in the state of Michigan, and new to us this year uh, due to expansion of our trail series. We are venturing down into northern Indiana this year for the Indiana Kayak Trail we've created. 
uh, just to kind of fill that geographical void where there wasn't a whole lot of tournament action going on. So trying to save anglers uh, as much travel time and money as possible. But uh, the Michigan Kayak Trail has been around for better part of a decade now. And recently, uh, as of this year, we are expanding that into a west and an east division, uh, as, as well as the Indiana Kayak Trail. And with our topwater series, I, I don't even want to know how much time you guys want to allow me to get into that. But <laughs> roughly, we have uh, a little over 100 events on the schedule for 2021. So uh, yeah. a massive amount of kayak fishing taking place here in the state of Michigan. Okay, I'm going to stop you there. I'm having trouble organizing four events for one <laughs> season. <laughs> I, I have yeah, no man. excuse now. Like, that's insane. <laughs> it, it's crazy. Uh, we kick off uh, literally the first week of April, and we fish until November. Um, through our league series, that's kind of our bread and butter. And that's where honestly 80 of the hundred or so events take place in our league series. We have eight different divisions set up throughout the state of Michigan, um, kind of coding the entire state, west and east side, uh, where each division will fish 10 individual bodies of water in their division, respectively. And we'll have our anglers of the year from each individual division move on and compete in our World Series of Fishing events that we host uh, earlier in the spring. So a lot of fishing series itself was built in mind to attract new anglers to the sport. Um, people that are just starting out, maybe you just got a kayak, you haven't really you know, fished any events or any tournaments, but you, you want to get into that. The league series was built for those people in mind. It, it's low entry fee, low pressure. We meet at a, usually a smaller body of water. Uh, it's a shotgun start. So everybody leaves at the same launch at the same time. And you just head off to your individual spots. It's a three hour fishing time. So we fish from six to 9 PM. Everybody meets back at the same ramp for check-in. We announce the winners uh, and payouts right on the spot. So it's a great way for people that are a little bit nervous, maybe hesitant, maybe you have a spouse that would like to get into it, but they're a little bit hesitant. You can bring them along. There's no membership fees. We're, we're non-exclusive clubs. So you don't have to worry about joining up or doing anything like that. You just simply register for the event you want to fish, come on out, compete. Uh, usually our league series events cost like $30 registration, but we have great attendance. Uh, normally we were averaging around, you know, 25 to 30, 40 guys showing up on a Tuesday night to fish. So great turnouts for those events. And maybe you go home with a couple hundred bucks in your pocket. So essentially, go. instead of going bowling on a Tuesday night, come kayak fishing on a Tuesday night. There you go. Oh, I, matter. I like it. Yeah, for sure. You know, with COVID running rampant across the country, uh, you know, it threw a wrench into pretty much everybody's plans. But for us, if you can find a bright spot in the pandemic, uh, for us, it was that we saw a tremendous amount of new faces this year, new people coming out because they didn't have anything else to do. You know, we were on lockdown up here in Michigan, couldn't leave, couldn't go outside or do anything or couldn't go anywhere. But going outside was the one thing that we could do. So uh, we saw a lot of new people coming out to the kayak tournaments this year. And I was uh, pleasantly surprised in the face of a pandemic how many new people were coming out, trying out kayak tournaments. Cool. Well, very cool. It sounds like you... You have your hands busy, man. Good God. Uh, but it's next not, up all me. Have... not all me. Not all me. 
Next up, we have Brian Spray, uh, tournament director for tournament director for Grubby. That's grassroots bass yakking and host of Grubby Talk, as heard on KB KBF. So. Welcome to the show. Tell us about yourself, Brian, and your trip. Hey, thank you, guys. I'm so excited to be a part of this. You told me not to be too excited, so I'm. I'm no, working on that. Yeah, <laughs> he went from like 100 to like 40. So I, I did. Thank you. I dialed it down quite a bit. Uh, and in the interest of time, I know Susie's going to want to have a, a word in edgewise here in a few minutes. I'll try to keep it short, but I. <laughs> I'm excited about GRBY because uh, growth is going to be the theme here tonight. I think in 2019, GRBY had uh, four, I believe it was four different lakes that we did tournament series at in Indiana. In 2020, we had eight different lakes and one in Illinois. In 2021, right now, we're scheduled for 12 different lake series and four in Illinois. And we're gonna we're looking at expanding into other states as well. So uh, each the way we're, we are very unique in what we do. Uh, so GRBY does stand for Grassroots Bass Yak, and we're really set up to try and be there for the the average grassroots fisherman that works a 40, 50, 60 hour a week job, but yet wants to be able to get out and fish. So all of our tournaments are at different lakes throughout the state. We host uh, at each of those locations, we do five to six different tournaments throughout the year. So once a month, and then we end up with a, an AOY at, so at all 12 of the Indiana sites, all four of the Illinois sites, uh, we will have an AOY and then we'll come together at the end of the season for a grubby championship, uh, which is, is a lot of fun. Last year we had uh, 40, no, I'm sorry, 67 people qualify for a championship and i think 47 of those showed up and it was it was really a fun event just at our championship but what's unique about our format is what we do is we offer our tournaments on once a month on thursday friday saturday sunday and monday but you're only fishing one day but you get to choose which day you want to come out and fish that's awesome it, it's really a neat way to do it that way if you have to work on the day that most tournaments are you're you're still able to most likely have one of those days free to go and, and fish the tournament so you compete against the other guys in that tournament just like you were there on the same day but you're probably not going to be there on the same day you're going to be there on thursday somebody else is going to fish on friday on saturday sunday monday it's really a neat format and uh, uh i've enjoyed seeing the growth that we've had um, well I, I have to go ahead and ask a question now yeah how do you know what day they're going to fish? Do they have to tell you beforehand? They they sign. So we use Tourney X, and they have to sign up uh, on Tourney X, and they have to pick a particular day. And I believe we have a rule, if I remember correctly, we have a rule that once you pick your day, you're kind of locked into that, um, unless unless you have an extenuating circumstance and you get a hold of a TD before the tournament starts. Once the tournament starts, there's no changing, and uh, you're you're stuck to to the day that you pick. So yes, ahead of time we 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 know kind of who's fishing what, but you have up until six a.m. the morning of the first day of the tournament to sign up. So you don't know until Thursday morning at six a.m. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. 
Altacovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tacovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacovis store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Wow. There you go. Something cool already. That's awesome, man. I've definitely never heard of a, a trail doing that. Very cool. This was the That's uh, a brainchild cool. Jim Strunk, by the way. I don't know if you guys know Jim, but he's he's the one that is our, we call him our godfather of GRBY. He's, he uh, he asked me to do this tonight, but he's the one behind Grubby, and and uh, I, I give him all the credit. ID holders, trails, that, that man is just man of many talents he he is oh and i forgot to mention we we're, we're doing something new this year too uh we're doing a grby trail so i believe we have six spots on the trail one two three four five six so six of those locations that uh we already have series at we're doing a trail at one of those each month and then we'll have a trail champion as well wow very cool yeah. All right. And last but certainly not least, the queen of paddling fence, Susie Roloff. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. How about you guys? Good. Tell us. So yeah, you're representing, you used to be with KBL, but this year we're starting up the paddling fin trail, which is kind of a little bit more of a regional, not super grassroots because it's a little bit more money and over different states. So tell us all about it. All right. So yeah, the Pedal and Fin Trail Series. So we are going to get things uh, started in April on Dale Hollow. In the 9th and 10th, we're going to have our open. So anybody is uh, welcome to sign up and register. And the open is 100 bucks per person. That does include big bass. And a two-day tourney, uh, five fish max each day. <clears throat> and then on the 11th, we're going to have the Clash of the Clubs. So we're hoping to get at least 50 clubs uh, nationwide and top three anglers from each club. It'll be 225 per team or 75 per angler. And uh, everybody's going to duke it out to be crowned uh, top club. It, yep, there you go. Uh, to be a top club of uh, the nation. So that's how we're going to kick things off. Uh, chasing that spawn at Dale Hollow. So I'm really looking forward to that because uh, that lake holds the uh, world record for Smalley over there. So, yeah, that should be awesome. Mm. And then our trail series will actually get started then in April the 24th. We're going to be on the Tippecanoe River in Indiana. And then in May, we're teaming up with uh, Mr. Mike with uh, IKT. We're going to do the Cold Water Chain Series. So looking forward to kind of uh, collaborating with uh, IKT and Mike with that. And then in June, we actually had to do some uh, rescheduling. Um, we knew that there'd be a conflict some way, somehow along the way. But uh, Bass just came out. Mm -hmm. 
and announced that uh, they are having their classic uh, in June, uh, which is the weekend we wanted to have our Madison event. But we know that a lot of anglers that would participate in this would be wanting to go down to that because they either qualified for it or wanted to participate. So uh, we had to move that back or uh, forward a weekend. So June 19th, we're going to be up in Madison, Wisconsin on the Madison Chain of Lakes. And we're also going to be partnering with uh, Great Lakes Kayak Fishing Series for that one as well. And then July 31st, we're going to be on the Fox River in Illinois. And uh, we've got a pretty long expanse of uh, the Fox River for this one. So we're pretty excited to see uh, how this one turns out. We think we got a lot of uh, water for people to choose from. And uh, yeah, should be an awesome fishery. And then August 28th, we're going to be on Lake Erie and the Maumee, Ma I can always never say this one right, Ma Maumee <laughs> River. <laughs> My M's get slurred sometimes. <laughs> um, and then we'll kick uh, off the end of the season in September on the 10th, we'll have the Inventational. So for those who weren't quite able to make it either in AOI points, will get a second chance to squeeze their way into the championship, which is going to be uh, September 11th and 12th. Yep, you got those up there as well. So uh, AOI points uh, for each trail event. So it's pretty standard in a sense. So 500 points is going to be for first place and then 498 for second and so on and so on. So it'll decrease by two. Uh, hopefully this will be a pretty good uh, variant for everybody. And then for the uh, trail series as well, it's $80 per event. That does include big bass. There's uh, no membership fee at all for those as well. And then let's see here, championships two days, the 11th and 12th of September. And you know what? I feel like I forgot something. Oh, yeah, the championship and invitationals in lacrosse. That's what I forgot. So going to finish it off up on the great Mississippi. So, yeah, we got a lot of awesome things going on this year. Go big or go home, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right. Start big. Yeah. So, can, can one of the things that – Whenever I think Midwest, last week we had Southern guys on, and Midwest, you have a lot of issues with permits, right? Like you have to get permits for these lakes. And it depends per state. So when it comes to Illinois, um, luckily the Fox River wasn't really any issue. Um, I got the approval, I want to say like a couple weeks, because Illinois opened their permits November 1st. And... Um, you submit through the Illinois DNR and uh, it's free, um, but it is an interesting process. But the way with uh, that it works through Illinois is it's got to be a DNR uh, managed lake in order to get the permit. So when it came to the Fox River, it wasn't technically a DNR like body of water. Um, so I had to kind of do a lot of digging around and try to figure out, okay, what kind of permits do we need? Do we need any special things through the cities or whatnot? So uh, luckily I just went ahead and got a permit from like all the way north. And then I think I went as far south as like Ottawa or something like that, just to be on the safe side to make sure I had everything. Um, now, Wisconsin uh, permits could be submitted on the 1st. 
and uh, it's a $25 fee for those. Um, but I know that um, we're submitting to get the date changed uh, since we had the schedule conflict, but those are usually pretty easy. Um, you know, you fill out a basic form, you say the date, uh, how many anglers you anticipate, um, the fisheries, the body is waters that you want. Um, and uh, Wisconsin will even go as far as asking you like, what the estimated payout amounts are going to be and all that other stuff. So get up in your money. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it's pretty interesting. How all <laughs> but it surprises me that Illinois doesn't go to that extreme yet. Cause yes. you know, Illinois yeah. likes to, you know, do a lot of crazy things. <laughs> y'all, y'all can keep all that up there. <laughs> I, I like our, the Southern lakes are just like, meh, whatever. So are, are, are y'all, are any of y'all limited with permits by how many people you can have at an event? Uh, uh, go ahead, Susie. So, yep. Uh, so when it comes to Illinois, um, it does vary. So like it, let's say I wanted to get a permit at Banner Marsh. Well, each ramp is limited to a certain amount of like boats per se. So I think Johnson Lake, I think you can do 50. I think most of them are max of 50. So if I wanted to include all of Banner Marsh, I would have to get permits for all of the ramps for 50 anglers to try to have like 150 people max if we had an event that big type of thing. But um, another example is uh, like Newton Lake. So there's uh, two ramps over there and each ramp can only have 50 people max per tournament. So it, it can be a little tricky sometimes. Yeah, for us, and I'm more familiar with Indiana, but we have I have tournament directors for each location, and I let them worry about that. <laughs> so I don't know all the details, but I do see all the conversations they have, and I know that there are a couple of locations where they've had to get permits and, and work mm -hmm. through that. And I know we just got the permit in for our championship, which is going to be at Patoka this year here in Indiana. And that was kind of a big deal for us. And so I don't know what all the details of getting that permit were, but I know we got it. And we're, I think we're good for all of our series. The, the one thing I will say is one of the reasons that we set up the way we are with fishing the different days, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, is if, if needed, depending on where we're at, we can limit how many guys fish per day and still have a good number of, of, uh, people signed up for the tournament for a whole so thursday friday saturday so if we we're limited to you can only have 15 for your tournament well that increases because our tournament's technically five days long and so we can have 15 each day so that's one of the reasons that it's an advantage to do it our way um we don't have to worry too much about the the permits with that and do you have any problem yeah, oh, yeah up there michigan do i have Issues. Oh, Michigan. No, actually, Michigan, uh, we're very blessed. Uh, our Michigan DNR, they are extremely easy to work with, and there are no permits required uh, per se. What they request that we do uh, is go to the Michigan.gov website and you create an online account. You can go through and register all of your events on the web on the DNR website. And when you choose your location, it shows you what ramps are available for that location with so many parking spots per ramp. So you pick your lake, you pick your date, you pick your ramp that you're going to launch from. Uh, 
let's say the ramp only has 25 parking spots, but we're expecting 50 anglers to show up to that event. We can choose multiple ramps uh, to justify that many parking spots, or it is on the tournament director to find a safe spot for those anglers to be able to park, whether that's across the street at a grocery store or what, it, you know, wherever they can safely park uh, and then run your tournament. Uh, and let's say somebody's already gone on the website and created a tournament for that lake on that date. It'll throw up a little red flag. It'll let you know that, hey, West Michigan Bass has a boat tournament on this lake the same day you want to have a kayak tournament. You two go work it out. So they really stay out of our business. It's free to host and run a tournament here. You just go online, create an account. The one thing that they do require is after that event is over, um, usually it's before the end of the year. So let, I think this year it was December 21st. Uh, all of your events, you have to go back on and log some uh, statistics for them about how many boats were there, how many anglers did you have, what was your total length, you know, how many small, how many largemouth. That way we can help the DNR with a fish count and, and a size check on that body of water throughout the year. So we really work side by side with them. Um, they've been fantastic over the years to work with. We've had no issues. Uh, super simple to actually host a tournament here in the state. That that makes sense and seems totally reasonable, you know. I, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really big into like con- conservationists and stuff like that. And it like I wish there was a lot more of that you know, throughout the country, I, you know, I mean the free thing and being able to basically do whatever you want, but like they're actually putting in an effort to, to make it easy for y'all, you know, work it out with whoever you need to work out, but then you get to turn around and actually be able to give, you know, needed data to help better the fishery. Yeah, absolutely. That, that's killer. I, I really like Yeah. I, I really love that aspect as well. I'm a big conservationist myself and I, I, I don't mind putting in that extra work after the tournaments are all said and done. I keep a running spreadsheet as the season is going along. And after every single event, I'll jump on. It takes five minutes to fill out that information for them and submit it. Uh, That way I don't have them all stacked up at the end of the season, but it's really cool to keep track of all those analytics about, you know, how many bass were caught, what kind of bass, what was the biggest, what was the smallest, how many total submissions. Uh, And then of as the DNR collects that data throughout the year, it really, really does help out the fisheries here in the state when they have all that data coming in from all these clubs. I don't know yeah. if that information makes it to, to, to the tourism bureau, but it seems like, like they could share that information with them. And then it's, you know, easily to easy to show the impact of what tournament anglers can bring to a community. You're, you're also yeah, definitely making someone or a, a, division of the dnr's job way easier you know they they're getting free labor you know yes that's, that's, absolutely that's great man i'd love to find out yeah, who absolutely. i need to talk to down here and get that implemented for us because i mean i nerd out on that stuff yeah. anyway yeah me too that's yeah cool. I, I i don't mind doing that extra legwork uh, you know i'll I'll do the labor for them as long as we don't have any hassle getting permits and having to pay to host tournaments and stuff like that. Right. They, they, they really have been a blessing to work with throughout the years. Uh, and, and sometimes they may see a tournament where I'll put, you know, expected capacity, a hundred anglers. Well, they may happen to show up that day, not to go out and hassle anybody or check, you know, anybody's gear or anything like that. They come out to see the event. Like they, they want to see a hundred kayakers 
out on the water, you know, competing on a tournament, you know, they think it's a pretty cool thing to come witness. So they may pop out every now and then just to say hi and keep the jet skis off our ass. So it's a, <laughs> yeah, we, it's, we a had, good, it's a good trade. We had if something I, like that pop up during our uh, Bass Nation event on Gunnersville. It was kind of like middle of the pandemic. Uh, you don't have to have permits or anything, but we were trying to find a way in location and because of that, you know, they were like, well, we can't say you can use the pavilion, but, you know, go stand 10 feet next to it in the trees. We won't say anything. <laughs> right. You know, we, we had, I think, probably 30 of the 40 people that fished it show up to hang out afterwards. And five minutes into it, the police rolled up. And I was like, oh, great. I was like, <laughs> this is about to get bad. And he was like, I just walked over there to go ahead and catch him before he got into it. He's like, oh, no, I love to fish. I like kayak fishing. I just want to come watch. You know, right. I, want, I want to see what it took to win. I was like, awesome. <laughs> the 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, Log on to MidwayUSA.com. That's funny. That's I, had cool. a, I, I had a similar experience this year. Um, uh, Susie, I think you mentioned you guys are going to be doing the Tip Canoe this year here in Indiana. And IA did Tip Canoe this past year, and I fished that tournament. And I think they had all the permits and had DNR uh, approved. Uh, I, I think we had around, I don't know, 80, 100 guys on, the, on that tournament day. And I remember floating. We found out after we started the float that there were going to be around 3,000 people floating in, in uh, inner tubes along with us. <laughs> well, that makes and the whole thing interesting. It was interesting. I came up on the launch for that, and I'm just like, oh, my goodness. And, I mean, I'm getting... <laughs> I'm getting cackled by everything. They're all drunk. It was a mess. Well, we get to the end of our float, and I'm like in the midst of all this. And I, I get out of my, my boat ramp, and there's an officer, uh, and it's actually a local officer standing there. And uh, I there were about 10 kayak guys getting out at the same time. And I just went up to him and I said, hey, is everything okay? Is there anything that you need from us us kayak guys? He goes, oh, I ain't worried about you kayak guys at all. He's like, it's these idiots on the inner tubes that I'm worried about. And uh, they they were pretty rowdy for inner tube people. It was it was interesting. Unbelievable. So here's here's a couple of easy questions we, we we're asking everybody. So what uh what what's your fish limit? Is it all five fish limit or is it different? Yeah, our, ours is five. Well, we, we do one tournament um, that we've partnered up with. There's another club here in Michigan called the Michigan Big Bass Kayak League. And the format of their club is they go out and search for one big bass. So it's one bass, biggest bass of the event wins. Um, so every April, uh, we started the Michigan Big Bass Bracket. So last year it was 64 anglers that mimic the March Madness bracket style. Uh, you know, there's a lot of brackets going on nowadays. Uh, so this year we've expanded to 128, doubled it essentially, uh, bracket field. And it's just one bass. Uh, so you each week you go out, it's a six week tournament. So week one, you go out, you can fish anytime during that week. You're just looking for the biggest bass that you can score. 
If you're bigger than the head-to-head -head competitor, you move on to round number two, you start over, go out, look for one big bass, and you'll do that for six weeks. Other than that, all of our tournaments are, are five, five fish totals. Yeah. Brian, yeah. Uh, yeah, ours are for grubby. We're five fish uh, limit. Um, just this year, we're instituting a no size limit. Uh, so I think we were at minimum of, tw was it 12 inches? I think this last season, um, we want everyone to have a chance to post fish. So we're saying no size limit on the fish, five fish limit. And that's what makes us grassroots. So, you know, it's like, you can have a, a three Our we were that way for our championship this year. And I, I was in first place by catching the first fish of the tournament. And he's like, Four and a half inches. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, got to, I got to lead our championship for about 30 seconds with that fish. But. Hey, I would hold my head high too, man. Yeah. Yeah, I would have got there been a, you know, a, a grip and grin and everything. <laughs> I appreciate I, I got a pick of it. Yeah. Yeah. Susie, I yeah, like definitely I, five, right? Yeah. Yep. Five yeah. fish. Brian, I really like that format uh, of changing that rule. Um, and, and we experimented with one of our league divisions last year where uh, all of the other divisions remained at 12 inch minimum, but with one particular division, we experimented and moved it down to eight inches uh, just to allow more people to post something on the, on the scoreboard. Everybody wants to go home. You don't want to see a zero, you, you know, it's cool if it says 16 inches for two fish, at least you're on the scoreboard. So I think that's something that we're going to look at, at doing too, whether we drop all the divisions down to eight inches or we just do away with it, a, a minimum score and post what you catch it, post it, you know, make, go home feeling good about yourself. I well, really you know, like what you guys have done there. Yeah. Thanks. I, I think that's why we did it. And I'm excited to see what uh, the whole season is like doing that. Uh, I think it'll be kind of cool. Yeah. That's really cool with, you know, we're all anglers are all very proud so no, not at all. no we're, not. we're also only tell the truth but uh <laughs> you gotta you know just like you said you know being able you know for everybody to put something on the board you know you know people are going home like man i was on them just couldn't find no size you know put up their two eight inch fish but it, it i feel like it'll help more participation it yeah you know if you go home and you call three eights and didn't get to put anything on the scoreboard. It just feels like just, a, you know, like, well, crap, I suck. You know, yeah, you get to put something on there. You'd be like, well, I'm coming back, man. I, I was getting there. Now with everybody going to catch boards, catch uh, with a hog trough, this first measurement was eight inches. So now you can go all the way down because catch boards are there. You know, they measure the whole board. Catch. They care about right. everybody's fish. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Every inch. <laughs> I'm curious. Right? I'm curious. Is, is is everyone catch only this year? I know we are. Is is everyone going we, to catch? We're moving to catch only next year. Uh, next year. We had already yeah. made the decision to, to stick with it for one more year. Um, mm -hmm. I personally wished our club would have voted to go ahead and change. Uh, just, uh, you know, follow everybody else along and, uh, they decided to give it one more year, but next year we're going to make that switch too. It's kind of a no-brainer. Yeah. What about you, Susie? Yep. Catch only. A board, a carbonite, or just metal like Hobie? Uh, just, uh, just the metal boards. Ooh, just metal. Really? We're actually doing uh, any of the catch, so you can you can do yeah, all. Same. There's there's three, right? We, three. You know three what? Yeah, four. actually. 
actually, we might yeah, we but, might be doing all three as well. Now that I think about it, because yeah, I always forget that they have the the carbonate and whatnot. I think we need to fine tune that. I know we talked about having catch only, but I don't think we went into exact details as far as if we're doing all the board types. So, but at least the metal ones. But yeah, I think maybe the uh, the carbonate ones might be there. That's my favorite board by far. I mean the weight to me has nothing to do with it. Um, mm -hmm. You know, they did the little video or whatever, where they drove over it, I think, or what I, <laughs> yep. when, when I got mine in, the first thing I did was try and bend like, just, just, I just took it and tried to just bend it over my, my chest. And that board is ridiculously stiff. Like it obviously took yep. a truck to flex it like that. Like I don't, <laughs> I, I don't see why oh, yeah. like, even Hobie wouldn't just throw that in there too. I, I like, I mean, I mean, okay. Not gonna bring it up. I do understand, <laughs> but we all understand. But still, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. no, I I am a huge fan of the catch carbonate boards. Um, not anything to do with weight uh, or flexibility, uh, but from a judging standpoint, um, mm -hmm. I find myself in the judges' seat in not only our clubs tournaments, but I remote judge for a lot of other clubs all over the place. And that new catch carbonate board with the links written across that top rail, that changed everything. Yes. It's so helpful zooming in, trying to, you know, see that thin touch that line, but it's covering up a number. And then you've got to go back and do the math and fish by fish by fish. That number being up on that top rail has totally changed the, the way judges fish these uh, submissions. I, I agree. These fish submissions. I agree with you, Mike, from the from that perspective where I don't agree is what you what you miss with that is I still got one of the old metal uh, a couple from a few years ago, the old metal ones where yeah, you get the, the, the clank of that on your, your kayak, you know, the bruising on your knees. <laughs> the, I would miss that if I had that 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 newfangled thing. <laughs> the, 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 the possibility of dropping it in the in 30 feet of water. I mean <laughs> I don't think that. Don't <laughs> <laughs> you know, something you were talking about with the catch board, just to hit on real quick. I, I feel like it makes judging a lot easier. I know they did have some stuff surface where if you hold the board off angle, it makes the center mark and it, it's just an optical illusion. But, you know, the fish will be laying on, let's say it's laid on 17 inches, but there's a glare. If you look at the top board, and you got at the right angle, it'll show like 18 and a half. And like our local club had a lot of argument about that. We're like, well, it's just too hard to judge. It'd be like, it, you have to put the angler responsible for something. Like, mm -hmm. make sure your mm -hmm. picture, like, there, some clubs are just, they don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. And you can't be like that. You know, a rule is a rule. Mm -hmm. If if that picture is just, I can't tell, well, sorry, you lost that fish. You know, that. Yeah, not, yeah. not in a money tournament. Exactly. And from I judged quite a few tournaments this year and those catch when those they finally came out, I haven't had a single issue reading one of those. I mean, you could spend two more seconds with it or I would, you know, like if you're really on your judging, I'd, you know, give that angler a call and be like, you know, if you happen to still be holding the fish, send me another picture real quick. It, mm -hmm. But we, we ain't got to get into that. I'm just it, it irks me that people had that complaint about that. I'm just hold yourself, hold the angler accountable. And that problem yeah. is. Yeah, you can find complaints about literally anything, man, and yeah. that that shouldn't be one of them. <laughs> right. All right. So, um, do y'all 
for right now. And I know 2020 was different. Hopefully 2021 be a little bit, be even better, but are y'all expecting, what, what are y'all doing for COVID restrictions this year? Is it all going to be no way in until everybody has to get inoculated, you know, vaccined or. Well, Susie said she was doing COVID testing. So you have to be tested before the way in. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, no. <laughs> just totally kidding. Am I the only one in the room that's had COVID? Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's it's not fun, guys. It's not fun. <laughs> I got it right after our championship. It had nothing to do with our championship. Uh, Brian was on board did. with the, the COVID testing idea right there. Yeah, so. I, I'm actually, <laughs> I actually almost with yeah. Now, what I like about our series is everything is pretty – because we're split up over those five days, I mean, it's pretty much all on your own anyway online. No no group uh, meetings or whatever. We And even when we – announce who won i mean it's all right there on tourney x and we just do a little post on facebook so uh right now the only time we get together is uh our championship and that's going to be in september this year i think so yeah it's COVID's gonna be gone by then yeah exactly i was about to say send the good vibes <laughs> yeah. it'll all be back to normal we'll all be drinking beer at the weigh-ins have a good time yeah for sure talking how about how bad 2020 sucks <laughs> <laughs> For us, uh, we had to play by the governor's rule. Uh, we had to abide by the queen. And uh, damn politics. For, for what we had to do, uh, our season last year was supposed to kick off first week of April. We actually had to postpone until June, uh, mid June. So we lost about three months of fishing time because there were zero gatherings. Uh, even if you were outdoors, zero gatherings. So we couldn't register a tournament on the government website that says we were going to have 30 people show up when we can have zero. So we had to wait until they actually allowed us to have, it started out with gatherings of 10. We could have 10 people in a small gathering, even if you were outdoors. So we immediately in June started holding quarantine tournaments where it was first come, first serve, the first 10 anglers to sign up, you're in the event. That's awesome. And we held quarantine tournaments all over the place just to get people out fishing and get the season kicked off. And we held, I don't know, eight, nine, 10, 11 or so of quarantine tournaments before they allowed us to have gatherings of 50 people. Once the 50 angler or the 50 person cap was raised uh we were able to go ahead and proceed with our events and it was kind of the same thing first come first serve if you get registered and, and you meet that cap we'll run with it um then we figured out well if we pick multiple locations or if we pick multiple ramps on the same body of water we can have 50 here 50 there and it, it doesn't matter what the governor says at that point we can do what we want loopholes loophole <laughs> anything to go fishing <laughs> I, I was waiting honestly when this all was like in the, the you know the height of it all i was waiting to see like clubs like posting in their facebook pages like covert night tournaments where the trail <laughs> yeah. series just went dark there's like code words and guys with binoculars and looking out for the dnr and i thought it'd been great <laughs> That's, we actually ran into a bunch of DNR while we were out and about, and, and they were all for it. They're like, "Yeah, go, go." We, we didn't see anything. Go for it. And yeah, you know, you're outdoors in a kayak by yourself. Go fish. Go have fun. You know, they didn't care. 
<laughs> no, you know, they're, they're outdoor enthusiasts, dude. I forgot that um, we did have one series in Illinois, and they got started late because they had similar things going on in Illinois. I think for a while they said no fishing uh, at any of the lakes, if I remember right. Maybe it was a dark, dark yeah. two and a half months. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they closed Staring every DNR body of water until May something like the first part of may they opened like i don't know i i swear somebody just took like a map of illinois and threw darts at it and said yeah we'll open that one then we'll open that one then we'll open that one and it was just wow. like what are you doing <laughs> it sounds then, like politics though <laughs> yeah <laughs> um but uh, the 29th then everything finally opened back up and uh yeah i took the day off of work and went to banner i was like see ya <laughs> uh david david brick runs our illinois series this year and and it, it, you can just tell he wanted to get out there so oh bad oh my god i know it was it was brutal because yeah he came down and fished uh imaquan with me because that was still yeah. open because it's not dnr regulated so yeah, he came down a couple of days for that because he saw how good I was doing out there because I was on furlough. <laughs> I was on furlough that week, and I was just like, I don't know where else to go. I'm just going to go to Imaquan, you know? I mean, I was like, the fishing has kind of deteriorated down there since they uh, drained it to fix the levee, but I hit it just right, like either right after right before the spawn, and I mean, they were just hammering everything. And I remember those pictures. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. for sure. <laughs> Oh, so no, we awesome. actually we had before we even kicked off our season once we knew that it was going to be postponed and this was back right when covid really struck it back in end of march first of april when they were shutting everything down and nobody in the country really knew what was going on uh, we had already made plans for one of our bigger sponsors who coming from north carolina to our first our, our kickoff you know big event for mkt well he didn't want to change his travel plans and he couldn't really fit a different time to, to make it up to Michigan. So we actually held a speakeasy tournament where we didn't put anything online. It was like invitation only to like 15 or 16 people oh, like covert. be at this, be at this lake at this time. I can't tell you why. <laughs> and and so we did. We just, <laughs> it's a secret. Nobody talks about Fight Club. There's just like a random letter on one day that means like, <laughs> yeah. like you got to go to your codex. You got to have your decoder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> that was fun. Uh, I, I hope for everybody, uh, everybody here and everybody watching that, you know, 2020 is a big turn for everybody. And uh, I hope everybody gets back out, things open back up, you know, people can go say hi to friends and, and be in the same room with each other. And, oh, my God. Yes. Gosh, I'm looking forward to that for everybody so much. That's yeah. what, you know, people may frown Amen. upon it. I was working in Tennessee today. I'm from Alabama. Just for anybody that didn't know it, North Alabama, I was doing some work in Tennessee today and. When you cross the state line, you reach the state that really does not care. Mm. <laughs> and as much as it's wrong or whatever your beliefs are, God, I enjoyed it. Oh, I bet. <laughs> like, hello, I my bet. people. Like, <laughs> felt kind of free, huh? Oh, it was great. That's <laughs> There's awesome. no signs anywhere. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like pulling my mask out of my pocket. And my buddy, uh, the guy I'm working with, uh, Rhett, was like, no, nah, bro, we're in Tennessee. We don't do that here. I was like, <laughs> we don't do that here. <laughs> it was so we nice. We don't do that. That's awesome. That's awesome. 
<laughs> All right. So I, I got a question and I'm, I'm going to stir the pot a little bit here. Uh-oh. And, and so don't talk bad about each other's clubs. I don't let's not start a fight here. But I mean, I'm some, all for it. I think I, we all like each other. I, mean, I think that's the problem. We're, we get along. <laughs> right? I don't, I'm just saying, you know, do it at your own discretion. <laughs> is, is there, let's see what you ask first. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> is there something that you see other clubs doing that you that you would wouldn't do with your club or you think is wrong. Like what's what's some example? Yeah. Yeah. You are stirring the pot. Well, that's say, oh, right? this is a pretty salty question and I trying wow. to get some headlines here. <laughs> what is an example of something that you've seen another trail do that you disagree with? I mean so um I guess off the top of my head, no one here in particular, uh, or, or their club, but membership fees. Mm. Uh, we don't we don't charge membership fees. I don't want to charge membership fees. Anglers already pay enough money for their gear and travel and time and and time off of work and registration fees. The last thing I want to do is charge you a membership fee just to come hang out with us and fish. I'm offended. To me, that's to me that's silly. Yeah. <laughs> I agree with that. I, I, yeah. it's, it's not my rule. My hands are tied by Bassmaster. Yeah. So <laughs> oh, I definitely yeah. agree with you, but there's a way bigger power at play there. So yeah. I just have to. Okay. I'm still looking that. for that headlining sponsor that the first thing I'm going to ask is be like, none of my anglers are paying their entry or their, uh, their dues. That's on y'all. <laughs> so for yeah. sure. That would be really cool for a sponsor to, to do that. Man, they would get some business too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, for, for Grubby, uh, it's, I think it's the same. Um, yeah, we have no, we don't charge any dues or membership fees or anything because, I mean, again, we're, we're about the grassroots. So I can't think of, I mean, there's, I think the only thing right now would be that um, there any groups that's not catch only, I would, I would kind of ask why uh because uh, i think you're asking for trouble if you're not catch only at this point uh and i think there maybe are a life that has the stories to back it a life to be proud of it's a winchester life yeah baby six eight western oh, i'll be over there baby right there tune in every tuesday at 7 p.m eastern on waypoint tv uh, one or two groups out there that are either hanging on or waiting another year. I know. I think you guys said, um, Mike, you guys are waiting one more year. Is that what you said? Yeah, that was us. Uh, we basically we ran a topwater live broadcast a few weeks mm. ago, and, and we let the viewers. Vote, yeah, yeah um, which I get that. Probably wasn't such a good idea, but the, it <laughs> it because I already had my mind made up that we were going catch only. I had already planned it that that's what we were doing, and. Yeah. Uh, the, the masses voted and on our that particular night they won so I, we went with what the people voted for one one more year so so that's but, all the people that already had the hog trough and didn't that's everybody that's already yeah. went out and purchased a hog trough yeah. and for a fish okay. stick. <laughs> gotta yeah. gotta but, look for catch to be a sponsor but, oh, and, and they are. We, we get an amazing oh. discount oh, that's a kick catch, in the face, and, and we do team bulk orders that save a tremendous amount of money on catch boards. So for us, it was a, a no brainer to go to catch only. So I was, uh, a, I was a little surprised at the boat. I, allow me to stir the pot a little bit more. I did think of one more thing that oh. uh, this is oh. me. This I got is my me. list going too. Okay, good. This is me personally. <laughs> um, I think I'm the oldest guy in the room. So this is for the old, old people out there. But any groups that don't allow trolling motors, I'm like, come on. 
Come on. Think about the old people. We need our trolling motors. I used to walk uphill both directions to school. <laughs> yeah, right? In the snow. I used to paddle up and down the river. <laughs> no, I get that. I, I'm the same with you. Uh, yeah. Yeah. If you got a motor, bring it. Um, yeah. th there's only one event, and it's not our event that mm -hmm. we just we drive our uh, anglers to this particular event because it's a charity event called the Nomo here in Michigan that mm -hmm. that uh, Chris has been doing for a number of years, and that's the only event that that we do without motors. Uh, See, but, it seems like yeah. everybody in the Midwest allows motors, right? That like like that's generally accepted up there. I think so. I can't think of any clubs. For the most part, uh, there's been a couple of local clubs that just are, are allowing it this year. Um, but they're, they're yeah, for the most part, I think we're all going to be allowing trolling motors. Most most clubs are going that way. Um, for anybody that missed the episode last week, we had the, the southern southeastern region on. Uh, a lot of those guys still like, you know, the manpowered only. But we also, uh, those states that are, a lot of the grassroots clubs that way you do have other clubs. So like your, your major clubs are, you know, manpowered only, but there are clubs that do allow you to, you know, join with the motor and enjoy yourself that way. So it, but I definitely think it, sure. it'll change to, it'll be a standard before you know it. Yeah. Yeah. Like Jimmy BASS in Alabama is the first trail in Alabama to ever allow motors. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. And that, you know, I mean, now obviously you, we'd let, you know, there's exceptions. If you, yeah. You know, you're like, hey, I blew my shoulder out. Just show me, send me a picture of an X-ray, doctor, whatever. But, but yeah, and it, you know, I think that was a, a big, big thing for us because Alabama's been kind of behind the, like, very, very late to, you know, like it took COVID for those guys to sure. get on Tourney X, and then they're all like, oh yeah, we're never going away from Tourney X, and you know, I'm just over here like, hey, trying to sell that to you, but <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> Susie, all right, what's on your list? Man? I've been waiting for Susie's <laughs> I hope she doesn't throw questions back towards me and you because I might just like turn mine off. <laughs> <laughs> so one thing that really gets me, and I, I know that this debate could probably go on forever because it's you know a matter of opinion, but like when clubs really get nitty gritty with like certain rules, you know, when it comes to, let's say, trolling. <laughs> I know there's like big debates between different clubs on whether or not they'll allow trolling or whatnot, because a lot of clubs will um, follow the KBF standard rules. And so then they'll, you know, mirror those, but then they'll kind of fine tune some different ones, which, you know, I get to a certain extent, but I wish the rules were just same all across the board for everything, no matter what. That yeah, would kind of be sure. like my Amen. biggest thing, you know, because it's like, okay, what club uh, doesn't allow this and what club does allow that and, you know, other other things like that. So that's kind of like a little bitty things. Um, but uh, another thing, and... <sighs> <laughs> this might be treading some delicate waters a little bit, but uh, things that I've seen before is uh, unfair, like judging in a sense. So um, bias judging, is that what you're talking about? Huh? Like kind of bias, is that what you mean? Bias judging and when there's like clear violence, this happened not last year, but the year before. 
an angler placed really high up and part of the identifier was cut off but the fish mission was allowed i'm looking so, down to you two guys to see in which one of you react it wasn't any of those two i can tell you that right <laughs> wasn't now me. <laughs> I, I don't wasn't think me. that was us but that shouldn't be allowed no I'm it was for it, that, so. it was it was a big bigger event mm. uh, that's all i'll say without mm. you know treading too dangerous of waters but hey, you know on fire let's do this <laughs> oh i think i i think i actually remember this this situation so mm -hmm. i think i know who she's talking about mm -hmm. yeah. yeah so it just you well, know we're all friends here let's share come on <laughs> hey i i enjoy it i enjoy a good dumpster fire every now and then <laughs> Um, but you know, like my biggest beef is just, you know, I can understand certain rules that might have to be sort of like leewayed a little bit for certain circumstances that they may not have thought of when those rules were written. I can understand that. But when you're going to flex a rule just because you're trying to play favorites or, you know, make good graces with potential sponsors or something like that, or because of who they are or whatever reason, then I got a big problem with that. Cause it's just like, I really like... need to know the rest of the story. <laughs> me, me too. Uh, we'll, we'll talk Stay about. on after if you're not going to spill it. I need to know. <laughs> right. On the next yeah. episode. Right. <laughs> Part two. And just make sure they stop recording. Susie. Right. Yeah, just like, mm -hmm. When she first started out, I totally thought she was going to say Crossroads classic. <laughs> <laughs> I, my screen about went dark. <laughs> Man, I tell you what, though, like all of those experiences, you know, whether it be Crossroads or, you know, other crazy things that I've had, you know, those have all just, you know, had powerful impacts, you know, with, you know, kayak fishing for me in general, you know, and I've also just come to realize that I'm like, you know, I may have experienced and seen some of these things because I'm am behind the scenes, but that's what kind of drives me for the trail series is that I want to, you know, show anglers what a really good series can do and what, you know, like fair judging means and, you know, just good things, <laughs> you know, it's just like, you know, how many other tournaments or I guess like trail series, I should say, are run by ladies. I know that there are more clubs that are being run by women. Yeah. But first trail series. Yeah. Queen. <laughs> Queen. So yeah, I just, yeah, I just, I, I didn't even think about that. Susie, make sure we celebrate that when you're on my show here in a couple of weeks, I'm going to toot your horn on that one that's awesome all right that's right that's pretty so, cool but yeah it's just, it's just a big come drive on your show with a crown <laughs> <laughs> i know i don't even own like Mark, a crown Mark. yeah I, I you know i don't need like a crown or anything like that i'll just have my like my fishing pole as like my uh my uh my saber or whatever it's called um, you're gonna have a your yeah. fishing pole as your staff a cast net for a, yes, a my staff yeah. yeah there you go there you go <laughs> oh, shall hail me. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. So now on the positive side of that question is, uh, what's something that that if you had to give some advice to a tournament director, maybe they're just starting out a new club or, or a trail that's been around, what's, what's a piece of advice that you would give them of something that you've learned? Maybe it was because you made a mistake and you had to learn the hard way. What, what's a good piece of advice that you would, pass along we'll start with you on this one Susie 
<sighs> Make sure you know your rules frontwards and backwards. <laughs> Susie loves rules. It's so sad that you have to say that though. Yeah. And it's not, I'm not pointing out at y'all. It's true. Yeah. There's so many mm -hmm. times that the rules are in black and white and the people running it don't like I've gotten texts during the tournament from the tournament director. <laughs> hey man, what's the rule on this? First off, this is your club. I shouldn't have to tell you, but your picture's wrong. You violated all these rules. But no, go ahead. I'm sorry. That yeah, struck a nerve. Okay. Okay. That blew me up that day. I was sitting on my computer like, what? Like, Wait, what? <laughs> but I mean, that, that, that's a great piece of advice. If the tournament director doesn't know the rule, how can you expect anybody to follow? Right. That's very simple, but you know. But and then other big pieces of advice that I would say too is, you know, when in doubt, reach out to the angler. You know, don't you know, waste time trying to come to conclusions of, oh, they did this on purpose or, oh, you know, they should have known better. We don't know what's going on on their side. So if they send in a blurry picture or if something's just not adding up right on their GPS or whatever reason it may be, call the angler. It'll solve a lot of problems real quickly. Amen. You know, say, hey, you know, um, this is going on. Can you tell me what's going on or like, what's up with that? And usually it's like a really quick and easy thing. And you're like, oh man, I was so dumb to, you know, jump to conclusions or think that they were trying to cheat or gain an advantage when it was just a simple, either misunderstanding or miscommunication. Hey, technology was created by man and it screws up all the time. <laughs> right? <laughs> exactly. So give the angler the benefit of the doubt. And if you still don't know, call them or text them. Hopefully you have good signal too. But uh, most of the time, you know, anglers are like, oh, yeah, sure. I'll shoot you a picture of where I'm at right now, you know, or, oh, yeah, hey, yeah, I totally saw that person over there. And, yeah, they did this or, you know, whatever it may be. So, you know, don't be afraid to reach out and talk to people. There you go. Brian, how about you? Uh, first, I 100% agree with everything Susie just said. Um, we we have experienced all of that and have done all that in our group, and that's that's what I love about Grubby. Um, I would say mine, and I think Jim might say this as well, is if you're going to start a group where you're going to do a trail and you're going to be the tournament director, do yourself a favor and don't do it alone. Bring on, <laughs> bring on as many people as you can, but make sure you trust them. We yes. have a core group of people right now that are our tournament directors. Um, and if it wasn't for that core group, I, Grubby would not be the size and, and impacting the kind of people that we're impacting today. We got a core group of, of people that just do a, an incredible job of communicating with each other, talking to each other. Susie, you mentioned the rules and following the rules. I love that our core group, they, we don't just make one decision. It's like, okay, there's a problem we didn't think about that just came up. What do we do about this, guys? We get a majority decision, and that's the decision we stick with it. And Jim, Jim's kind of our leader, but he he listens to everybody in that core group. So get a core group of people, no matter how small or big your your trail is, and and uh, count on them to do a lot of the work for you. Don't yeah, do that. I, I, I think yeah. probably a big part of that is to make sure you have a club has longevity over time and because people have family things come up or whatever it is, you know, and you can't do this forever. You're going to get burnt out or you have family 
you know, just life things comes up to have a group rather than one person. The club lasts longer too. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Mike, how about you, man? Yeah. I honestly, Susie and Brian hit two really good points. You know, don't jump to conclusions. Surround yourself with a good core group of people. Um, you know, our Michigan kayak trail and our top water series, we have a fantastic group of tournament directors. I think all in all that there, there's about 12 of us now that are directors doing different things. But as the tournament directors, one piece of advice I would give and something we can all work on is be approachable. Uh, you know, don't be standoffish, be approachable. Uh, our whole goal is to get the unexperienced and, and the new inquisitive anglers out on the water, to give them an avenue to experience kayak tournament fishing. Let them ask questions. Let them get to know the rules, get to know the series, the camaraderie with the other anglers at the ramp, you know, help facilitate all of that. That's going to grow your base. And that's what's going to continue to have, uh, you know, a successful trail series or a league series, whatever it may be. Just be approachable as a director. Don't be standoffish. You know, it, it, we're all volunteers in this. None of us are getting paid to be there. Uh, so enjoy it. You know, if you're going to step up and you're going to do it, enjoy it. Uh, be that guy that people aren't afraid to come and ask those questions to it so that they go out and have a great experience at your event. There you go. Great yeah, I'm going to kind of piggyback a little bit to kind of what Mike and Brian said too. you know, having the core group of people that you're working with is super vital to having a tournament at series club, whatever run smoothly communication between your staff is important and that trust that you have between them too. So making sure that everybody's on the same page, you know, I mean, yeah, there's things that some people might be kind of like, eh, not really fond of that, but you know, I'll deal with it because you know, it's uh, consensus or whatever, <clears throat> but uh, yeah, having everybody have your back and being able to have other people's back as well is, is very important. And then one other thing I also wanted to add in there too is uh, always plan for the worst case scenario because <laughs> you never know what's going to happen sometimes. And I think I've had my fair share of almost everything. I mean, a uh, guy getting run over by a boat, a death. One of our guys. Thank you very much. You We're know, right. I mean, it's, it's been interesting weather, uh, death of an angler, um, mm. you know, accusation over by a boat. Yeah, at the crossroads is, event. Is this nickname Manatee? <laughs> <laughs> I had him on my show because it's such a unique story, but he's he's it one was. of our, our grubby guys on for at the crossroads team the year I was there. He got right I guess I missed road. that. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go back and listen to it. Yeah, Brock yeah. Howell is his name. Yep. Mm -hmm. Good guy. I know that. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It was a really interesting situation. And I remember I was sitting at the picnic table and he had started walking up and he's just like, yeah. Uh, across his head or. <laughs> no, he, he didn't have any marks or anything. He was walking fine. He's just like, yeah. So uh, I got hit by a boat and I like kind of fumbled for a second. I'm like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> you got what? He's like, yeah, I got ran over by a boat. I'm like, oh, shit. Uh, okay like okay what do we need to do you know i was like all right are you okay is your boat okay you know and then i had him kind of tell me my story and everything i was like okay well i gotta call dnr and get an officer out here because the people that you know ran him over are still out there so you know who knows what was going on with that so 
Yeah, yeah. you never know what's going to come your way. It's one of those days. Ever, ever since then, he's been the luckiest man on the planet. He has won so <laughs> many contests. I and free gear and, and all kinds of stuff. I'm kind of sick of his name, to be honest. It, it, I'm, I'm constantly hearing about, well, Brock won another contest. Everybody just spoke that ran him over. But it Here, was here's really the key to awesome. success is you got to get yeah. hit by a boat in your yep. yeah. It was yeah. really awesome though to see what everybody did like that afternoon and evening to come together to make things happen so that he could go fishing the next day because he lost his phone when he had flipped over too. So he had did he have all five fish that first yeah, day? Yeah, uh we would have placed a lot higher. We're yes. not for that, by the way. I just want to say our team would have come up right here. <laughs> He right. lost his phone. He had five fish, and he lost all of that, and didn't get to count his five fish. It was, it was, it was horrible. So uh, he says. But yeah, we got him in another kayak the next day. We got him hooked up with you know rod reel combos uh -huh. and everything. And I mean, people were throwing money in a box, like you know, to donate to him and everything. I I never ended up counting how much was there, but I mean, there was there was a good amount in there. And I was like, this is because of the anglers. Like, look at how awesome this is. He was gonna go home. He was. He I, was so ready to go home. Yeah. He's like, I'm just gonna go. I'm just gonna leave. And we were like, no, dude, come on. We got everything here for you. We want you to stay. You you got a chance. You know, you could get big bass. I mean, come on. And luckily enough, he stayed. Here's the sad part about that story. that The, the fact that he got hit by a boat isn't the sad part. The sad part is <laughs> I, was, I was on his team and did not get hit by a boat. And yet he did better in the tournament than I did. <laughs> That's, That's just the icing on the cake. Rough, man. That's awesome. All right. Well, it's been over an hour. We don't want to hold y'all up too long. We appreciate y'all being on. Uh, but we always want to give everybody a, a chance to shout out anybody that makes fishing easier, I guess, for yourself and for your trail. Uh, Mike, we'll start with you, man. Uh, a shout out. Uh, say uh -huh. that again. That, that, makes fishing yeah, hey, that makes fishing easier for you, bud. Or your oh, trip. gosh, man. Our, our tournament trail directors, uh, starting with Tom Mullins and, and my partner, Kyle Van Leuven, uh, and the list goes on with, with Grant Bennett, Coda Hart, uh, David Kerr, uh, Chris Cantwell, Mike Kitschkowski, Brett Bramer, um, Dave Mall. If I'm missing anybody, I apologize. But we wouldn't be able to run these trail series without awesome tournament directors. Um, all of the anglers that participate on probably all of our social media pages. Uh, Thank you to you guys for paying attention, staying tuned, and coming out and giving us your time. So can't wait to get 2020, 2021 kicked off uh, here in a couple months. And as soon as the ice is gone, we'll be out there. There you go. All right, Brian, how about you, man? Uh, I, I would fail if I tried to run down all of our tournament directors, but uh, I will mention Jim Strunk and Cole Ritter. And uh, they're, they're not only two good guys that are really the driving force behind uh, Grubby right now, uh, that they're, they're, they're doing all the behind the scenes stuff and coordinating the other tournament directors. They do a great job. But they're also two really good close friends of mine that I appreciate so much and uh, have, have made me being a part of the kayak fishing community just a blast. So Cole Ritter and Jim Strunk. Cool. Susie? Uh, obviously, you know, Paddle and Finn, of course. Um, but uh, main people, part of the trail, uh, Brian Schiller, Titus Dominguez, Jason Young, Jay Randall, 
Matt Gibson. Um, got a couple other people kind of chipping in with that as well. Uh, sponsor wise, um, I know, uh, of course, you know, Jigbasters, um, Eastport Marina out of uh, Dale Hollow is uh, making sure uh, we're getting taken care of for the um, open and uh, Clash of Clubs. Susie, um, are you going to be down there? Are you coming? Uh, yeah. <laughs> you, we, we got to experience, you know, their hospitality at the the uh, Paddle and Fin Meetup. You're going to love that place. It yeah, is I'm, so nice. Like the fishing was crap, and it was still, <laughs> I would not have traded that weekend for anything. The beer was cold. Yeah. Exactly. I'm a, and close I'm by. excited. I am stoked yeah. as well. I'm probably going to take a good chunk of time off because I haven't really taken any time off for quite a while and I haven't really done like a vacation or anything in a sense. So I'm thinking about having that as like my first like sort of mini vacation so that it, I can at least fish it, you know, before I start running it for uh, the events and everything. So oh, yeah. yeah, it's such but a beautiful yeah. area too. Right. Like, Joe Hall is beautiful yeah i've never been either so yeah i'm i'm really excited it, it'll be cool to see the lake when it's 12 feet higher than it was when we were there <laughs> oh yeah we saw what the bottom of the the lake looks like i'd like to know what the rest of it looks like when it's underwater <laughs> right know where the fish actually are yeah <laughs> kind of similar to like kentucky lake how they do like the winter and summer pools way worse way oh worse. really oh wow way, like the cover you would normally fish in eight ten feet of water was 10 feet up on the bank. Like oh, you were still like, you'd still mark oh, deep structure and find every now and then you'd find a few, you know, brush piles that were just, you know, like three twigs, but <laughs> you, like wow. it was more of a scouting mission. You were like, okay, in the spawn, this is the place to be. And like, even the uh, Richard, the guy that runs Eastport, was like, no, he's like, if y'all come back, you know, March, April, He's like, we're in the perfect spot to make, you know, catch some giant spawning smallmouth. So I can't That's wait. Exciting. That is what I am so looking forward to. Like I fell in love with smallies a couple years ago when I got my personal best on Lake St. Clair and just, I love fishing for smallies. I'm hoping to make that tournament this year. Just, I want to go up there so bad. Yeah. That's, Come that's on, man. For me, I, got yeah. a place for, I got a place for you to stay. I will definitely wow. hold you to that. <laughs> Robbie is doing. Uh, we're doing a, a tournament this year, uh, once a month on St. Clair. So I'm, I'm excited. Oh, I'm going to go be I'm a excited. part of that. That's yeah, cool. yeah. I think it's funny how we're all so intertwined with each yeah. other because uh, we've worked. You know, our combined events like Crossroads and stuff like that. That's a no brainer. But we're actually working with Paddle and Finn on the Coldwater Chain of Lakes. And then I'm a big GRBY fan myself. Uh, one, because I grew up down in southern Indiana, and there wasn't any bass or kayak fishing on Lake Sullivan when I lived, oh, you know, 10 minutes wow. from the lake. Uh, but now uh, you guys have an event coming up to Lake St. Clair once a month, which is awesome. And the tournament director for that GRBY event is also one of my tournament directors for our Indiana kayak trail, Cole Garland. Uh, Garland. Yep. So. Uh, I think it's funny how we're all intertwined and uh, you know, I, for the Dale hollow event, uh, you know, I'm so jacked about that. I've never fished down South like that. I, I've never been down there, you know, and experienced that. So I'm so excited to get down there. It's going to be so much fun. It, it's a beautiful Lake, man. It's uh, the houseboat, like Lake of the world or something like that. So mm -hmm. like the way their rules work with like, you can, park your houseboat and you like this much of the property is basically like yours while you're you're docked it's it's just cool 
You That's guys are making cool, me think man. I need to I need to go down there uh, for on, that man. tournament. All right, I'm, sure. I'm, I'm thinking I'm going to. That's going to be amazing. Just uh, even if you're not participating in, a, you know, 50 different clubs from all over the country coming to fish. Yeah. That's going to be amazing. So yeah, that's, that's super cool. Heck yeah. I mean, they're going to have, you know, live music and beer and food and everything there. So and I will go ahead and give their restaurant a plug. Dear God, all of their food is great. They cooked <laughs> breakfast for us one morning, like oh. super early. It was great. That, I love those ladies. Hmm. It's not awesome. Any place that has tater tots, I'm a <laughs> like, yeah. I, don't, I don't like French no fries. And, like the tater tot is the king of all <laughs> tater tots. Like, wow. If you have yeah, a tater tot, you're you're okay, old man. That's all. All right. Well, we appreciate y'all for being on show, and uh, yeah, good luck this year, and and be safe, and you know, just keep up the good work. <laughs> you too, guys. All right. Thank Good luck. Right. Thank y'all. Thank, Thank you. you. All right. All right. There we go. Well, if you can believe it, we actually had some. There was actually some tournaments this weekend, and yeah. the show the show's going to come out next week, so we'll be like a week late on that. But uh, but yeah, there was three trails. Um, first, you had the kayak anglers of Florida on Keenansville, which is. Well, obviously one of the best lakes in the country. 46 angler, anglers. Dean Law won with 94 and a quarter. Chris Mitchell in second with 91 and three quarter. And Robert Brisky with 90 and a half. Uh, next up, San Antonio Kayak Fishing. They were on Fayette County. I guess that's a lake. I couldn't find it, but it said Fayette County. Maybe it's a whole county. Who knows? It's San Antonio. It's crazy down there. Um, but had 63 anglers, three fish limit. Uh, Michael Morgan won with 60 and three quarter. He had that. He had a 20, 20, 20 bag. Wow. All right. Yeah. Triple 20. Uh, Andrew Jacobson. And none of the fish were big, but, you know, there weren't like any giants. Um, Andrew Jacobson got second with 60 inches and Derek Taylor with 59 and a half. And all the, ba all the you know, they were all like 59, 19 and a half or 20 or, you know, it wasn't like 23 and a 17. Yeah, so it's good fish all around. Yeah, exactly. Really good, strong fishery wherever they were at. Whatever Fayette County is, that's where it's at because them fish are nice. Um, and last but not least, Tennessee Bass Nation on Cherokee Lake, 33 anglers. Bruh, the fishing was tough. Uh, with 33 people, uh, only 11 people caught two or more fish. There were 13 zeros. And some of these, I mean, there's some legit anglers fishing that too. Uh, this wasn't like, you know, a, a Tuesday night or this was like real fishermen. And um, uh, Jason Sharp won with 86 inches. Brian Smith second with 78 and a half. And Jay Wallen uh, pulling Jay. up the rear. Yeah, third place with 71 and three quarters. Congratulations to everybody who did well. But, uh, yeah, another great show. Really appreciate everybody being on. Next week, uh, so we had the South. This week we had Midwest. And next week we're going to go up to the really talk to the Northwest. Uh, I think that'd be interesting. Talk some TDs up there and see what's going on. But uh, yeah, good show. But uh, everybody be safe. You know, it's, it's dangerous. Bring a splash bag, extra clothes. And as always, wear your PFDs. Thanks everybody. Good night. Thanks for tuning in this week, everybody. The Real Down was brought to you by the Dugout Bait and Tackle in Marietta, Georgia. 
They have everything you need for your next fishing adventure from rods, reel, line, and tackle all the way up to Hobie fishing kayaks. They carry all your favorite brands like G. Loomis, St. Croix, Shimano, and many, many more, as well as all of our best bait companies. Give them a like and follow and head on over to the dugout bait and tackle a day and be sure and tell them that Paddle and Finn sent you. Thanks for tuning in to another killer episode on Paddle and Finn. Don't forget to go check out our website at paddle, the letter N, and fin.com. Don't forget to check out the YouTube channel at Paddle and Finn. If you got a question, comment, want to hear from a future guest on a future episode, feel free to email us at paddle, the letter N, and fin at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Paddle and Finn on Facebook and Instagram. Shout out to our show supporters, Angler. The Angler button and app just makes for a better time on the water and creates a virtual logbook for every fishing outing out on the water. Shout out to Rocktown Adventures, located in Northern Illinois, for all your kayaking, camping, and hiking needs. Shout out to Jigmasters Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Go to jigmasters.com.